your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, uh, moving on to uh, that uh, item, as uh, I mentioned there in the last couple of minutes, uh, Shanida Daly was groomed from a young age and sexually abused by her father. Her father, Harry Daly, a prison officer at Limerick Prison, was jailed in 2011 for 227 counts of abuse. Shanida has released a book, Sins of the Father, and she hopes that it will help other survivors of abuse. Shanida has been chatting with her own Anne-Marie. She was groomed from the age of four and begins by explaining what grooming is like. Grooming is, it's a very, um, kind of like coercion. You're, you don't realise that it's anything bad is happening. You fully trust that person. You believe that they're there for you. They love you. They're there for your for whatever needs that you might have and they're your sole person there to look after you and that's the only person that you trust. And he he did this from an an early age with you? Yeah, I was very small. I would have been three or four when it started until I was 17. And can you explain as a child how you viewed life as a child? Well, as a small child, it was just, you know, it was kind of like having a couple of different personalities with my father. He was either very happy and full of life and joking and then there was the angry um, vicious father and then there was the sexual abuse and when I was growing up I I didn't link abuse, child abuse to my dad because in my head I always imagined that it was a child that was you know covered in bruises and being hurt all the time but when you are being groomed you go along with the whole process and hurt doesn't really come into it you kind of separate yourself from that. Yeah, and they, it's like, you know, they love you so much. It's its one of the most unique things that I've ever been through in my life. And he abused you for years. He beat you, uh, raped you. And at what point did you start the fight back or the fight to get free? Because... I suppose anybody who knows your st- a little about your story, it wasn't straightforward for you. You, you didn't have a, a circle of support or anything. No, because I went to six different primary schools. So I never had a friend. I never had a, a fa- another family to go to. We moved from Dublin over to Limerick. And that's where our, our family was in Dublin and Kildare. So we didn't, any place that I moved to, I didn't know anybody. When I moved to Shannon, I was 11 and I've been here since. And then I got friends and I got to be in other people's family homes. And then you realise that this isn't the same setup as your ho- your home and that my friends were allowed out. We would have been kept in. Their dads weren't hitting them. But from 16, I knew my absolute hatred for him was unbearable. So I knew at 16, I, I just had enough of him. And by 17, I knew either I had to get out of there or I was going to end up dead. Now, he eventually admitted it, but it didn't end there. Tell us about that. He left the family home to go get therapy. Um, my mum, when I went back to the house, I was asked to go back over to my mum and she was just crying there because he'd left. So no one actually spoke to me or gave me any reassurance or love or guidance into what way my life was going to be. And my mum was still going to visit him where he was living every week. And then I turned 18 and... It, it, it was honestly, you know, when I look back now, I feel so bad for that 18-year-old that there was nobody there telling her that things were going to be okay. 
So then after a year, he supposedly had therapy and he came back into the family home and he was like upbeat and never angry. And he did honestly seem like a changed man. But he hadn't. No, slowly, um, I think from when I was 18, I, I, my first time when I was 19, I went on to have my own family. And then when I was 26, the abuse was never, ever spoken about by anybody. My mum, my dad, my siblings, nobody. While I was upstairs at the computer, my father tried to sexually attack me up in the room. And it, that goes to the, back to the grooming as well. Mm. I didn't say anything. I waited till I left the house. And it was late that night before I told my partner what my dad had done to me in the room. So what? at what point then, because he's since been convicted um, and has served a number of years. At what point then did you go down the route of, of taking action? I think then my mum stayed with him again after that time. And then when I was in my 30s, I had my second daughter and that brought up an awful lot of feelings to me watching her dad holding her. I think and when did my parents ever love me? Did they ever look at me that way? And it just started a little bit of a, a role going. And then I became aware that he was not going to stop what he was doing. And I knew the only way I could stop him in his tracks was to press charges against him. It struck me that your upbringing is like a lot of other people's upbringing in this country. It was all about appearances and people would see one side possibly of you and the family, but they weren't seeing the other side. What impact did that have on you? Because uh, I've read, you know, where you said he, he never gave you a minute's peace. There was all of that going on in the background, but yet you could have the best of clothes going out the door to school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very bizarre. Do you know, like sometimes we mightn't have electricity in our house for a couple of days because it was cut off because the bill wasn't paid. There mightn't be food there. We might be cooking stuff on a stove, soup and stuff. But yes, I could go into, into Limerick with my dad and he would spend hundreds on me for whatever I wanted to wear and then I'd be out wearing them but then we'd go in and we might have like bread and butter for our dinner. But like we grew up thinking this was normal till we got into other people's homes. And a lot lot of Irish families grew up like that didn't they? It was a cultural thing wasn't it? Yeah 100% and when you're looking you know when I'd be in my friends houses and they're going to the fridge like we weren't like going near the fridge unless we had permission we had to ask for anything that we wanted to eat in the house and that's the point of the book as well I am not the only person that has endured this. You've come out, you've gone through the system, the courts, you've written the book, and you've been saying, from what I can read, that a lot of people meet you on the street and open up to you about themselves. I'm very socially awkward. I don't like being in crowds. I don't like people sitting beside me on a bus. I'm very much, this is my space, don't come into it. And then I meet these people and I realise that I have this ability. I've been in a taxi in Dublin with a man driving me to Leinster House. And I'm so open and just so forward that he ended up telling me about his own abuse. I don't know if people, I don't know when people get talking to me, they just tell me stuff. And then I do be, you know, an advocacy. I do it a lot and people know my name now and loads of people do contact me. And that, I think that has fulfilled my life as in it happened for a reason and this was the reason. If there's any good to come out of it, this was the good that I can try and help other people. And how much of it do you think happened in families over the years in this country? Very common. Very, very, very common. I hear from so many people and our our stories are practically identical. And how do you feel when you hear that? 
I'm more relieved that, you know, the support page that I run on Facebook, um, you know, people come on, they're telling their story and then next minute, like five or six more people come going, oh my God, that is exactly what happened. And then it's a relief that, you know, you're not the only person that it happened to. Even though you don't want someone else to go through it, but that you have someone else there that understands. And how's life for you now? You know, um, after the court case, I think it was around 2000, 2014 and 15, I had a really bad breakdown. Depression didn't leave my house. And then from there on, I set up the Survivor Side by Side page. And then finally meeting other people that were like me and that we had a certain way of thinking about life and trust issues and all that stuff. That has just made me grow and grow and grow. And I haven't had depression since. But like, obviously, you have your bad days. I don't really have bad days anymore because I have my little support unit around me. So you actually are probably the happiest now than you've ever been. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that's that's lovely to hear, Sinead. It Thank really you. is. It's lovely to hear. So I suppose, do you think that society has changed? Have we stopped hiding stuff? Have we stopped all of that? No, it's definitely still going on. I've had people that I know to the page in courts recently in January and just to see the way the families, it's your own immediate family that really, they don't want to talk about it. It's like a shame, the most shameful, shameful thing. But yet that shame never goes on to the abuser. It's on to the victim for some strange reason. I don't know why. And how do you feel about your dad now? I don't care. I don't care about him. It's great to be indifferent and not do you know, like, obviously I loved him, but then I hated him. And hate is the worst. It's, it destroys your soul. It's the strongest emotion, I think. And it's so negative. And then not to hate anymore is so freeing for me. What do you say to people who are still hiding, who are still, I suppose, not free of it? Just know that it was never your fault and you're not to blame. And don't let anyone ever make you feel that you were to blame. And reach out to the support page on Facebook. There's like over 1,900 members on there now and someone will be able to help you. Do you know, it doesn't mean you have to go make a guard statement, but just reach out to somebody and just speak your truth. With the book, I want people to know that I wrote my heart out for that book. It's true and honest and that I'm not one bit ashamed of anything that's in the book and that they shouldn't be ashamed of anything that happens to them either. Extraordinary conversation there. Shanida Daly uh, chatting to Anne-Marie and uh, Shanida's book is Sins of the Father. Call Limerick today now on 461995.